0: Love Talk Radio.
1: And make you my love. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to Nothing But The Truth. I'm your host today, Mr. Evan Brooks. I have with me my fellow co-host, Mr. LeVon. Are you there? Let me see if I can bring me. I don't know what happened with lost talk. Mr. LeVon, are you there? Yes. And I have Mr. 910. Mr. 910, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Okay. Before we even start, I want to go ahead and let y'all know we have a special guest. Before I even announce that, I do have some important news that I would like to shoot off and give to Mr. 910 here. Before we even uh, go into it, we know we dealt with part two of this topic. If you didn't know what the topic was, the topic was why are most men not coming 100% when approaching a woman and telling her what he wants. The thing is that that show went so high in ratings, as far as people listening in, we had to do a part two and I had to bring in a special, special person. But before I even bring that person in, I want I want to discuss the news real quick. It's just gonna be about five minutes, folks, and then we're gonna bring in our special guest. Okay, Miss One Zero. What do you have put today in the news? Okay. What, uh, what's going on in the news? Um,
2: so far, how is it?
3: What? Uh, news? What Oh, just
1: talking about the uh, recent Democratic primary in Pennsylvania. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, um, a lot of people were talking about that. They was wanting to know basically uh, what was going on. Hillary basically was going around talking about she won. She's talking about she won the popular vote if you count Michigan and Florida, which no one really counts. Now, we letting a lot of people know that because a lot of people get confused now. They don't know who's winning. Barack Obama's still on top right now, on top, you know, minus this uh Michigan-Florida thing. But you just can't fall for all the hype because a lot of people came up to me talking about Hillary. One, she's still the underdog here. she got to come to North Carolina. I wish she'd be here. Probably what? She's probably already here this week because, you know, May 6th is on a Tuesday, folks, and I want you all to go out there and get ready to vote, especially those students at a t Bennett, UNCG, Different college, if I'm missing anywhere, Greensboro College, y'all get out there and do y'all thing for real because y'all do make a difference. Everyone makes a difference, but so we really need the young folks in there. What's next going on with the news?
3: Um, This, this thing about um, tax rebates going out on May the 2nd, right?
1: Oh, yeah, tax rebates are going out May the 2nd, folks. Now, if you did early uh, direct deposit or whatever, you know, direct deposit, you get yourself quicker. People with paper checks, expect for your stuff to come out starting in late May, early June. And now for those people out there who did place an extension on their taxes, they didn't do their taxes by the 15th, you're going to have to wait a little bit further. Closer, to you know, depending on when did you do your extension, it can be pushed all the way back to Christmas. So I don't know about y'all money and stuff. I'm just warning you, I don't want y'all to be calling the IRS, threatening them because you ain't got your stuff. The last part of the news here. Last part of the news. Look, what, what we got here?
3: Okay, there's a soccer kid that got shot in the face.
1: Ooh, I think I got a clip of that, folks. I like to do the news so I give people plenty of time to jump in here, but I believe I have that clip.
4: Uh, Here it goes. There's from a shooting that injured one student yesterday afternoon. Adrian Whitsett is in for Michael career, joins us live from outside the school with the latest. Good morning, Adrian. Good morning, John. Officials from OPS tell me that there will be more adults and more security on staff at King Science Magnet Center this morning, and the students are getting ready for a new day of classes after an afternoon of uncertainty. Now, for a few seconds yesterday afternoon, no one knew what was going on. Students heard gunshots. And then on the sidelines of the soccer field, Taylor Borgeson started bleeding. He was transported to Creighton Medical Center with light, non-life-threatening injuries to the face. The school immediately locked down, and parents waited outside while students stayed inside. Some parents said the situation was something they never want to go through again. And OPS officials say they're doing everything they can so that students and parents feel safe today.
5: in the morning. We will have many adults here. We will have security here for students as they come in in the morning. We will make every effort to make every child feel safe tomorrow and every other day.
4: And expert counselors will be on hand as well for students who need to talk about what happened yesterday. Now, police have made no arrests in this shooting so far, but they want anybody who has any sort of information whatsoever to call Omaha Crime Stoppers at 444-STOP or on the web at omahacrimestoppers.net. John? All right, Adrian, thanks. Well, Also, Omaha police were at another scene Thursday trying to figure out if it was connected to the shooting. Our cameras were there as found a number of people in handcuffs near Druid Hill, a woman tree, just after that shooting call. Druid Hill, exactly one mile west of King Science Center. Several of the individuals were escorted to cruisers by officers. A vehicle in the area was towed away from the scene. Omaha police spokeswoman says it's not clear if anyone was taken in for questioning.
1: Now, what do y'all think about that right there before we go into anything? What do you think about that, mister Nine One Zero? Um, What, what, what do you think about some of, he he some of What it? happened?
6: Well, basically, if y'all didn't
1: hear it. What happened was that a guy was out there at soccer game doing his thing, and someone just come up and shot the dude in the face and ran off.
2: What do y'all think about
1: this? Was the reason I I can't hear you. No, they don't got the reason. You just walked up and shot them. Yeah, what do you think about that, Mr. Lebon?
3: I mean, um, it's a sad thing, but violence commonplace right now, especially in the Greensboro area. Um, where, what ex- exactly did it happen again?
1: In Nebraska.
3: It happened in Nebraska. Wow.
1: Yeah. It's, it's crazy.
3: Yeah, I mean, it doesn't surprise me. People are just getting a lot more violent, and they really just don't care anymore. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's really bad. Now, people out there, I know y'all heard it. I know that sounds depressing and stuff, but y'all got to keep y'all guard up, man. But you got some crazy people that don't know how to talk. They don't know how to come out the mouth. They like to come off with the boot. You know what I'm saying, and I really I don't know what happened the situation with the kid and stuff, but no one deserves that to get shot in the face, man. In the game, but other than that, I wanted to give y'all some news clips. I know they weren't so exciting, you know, but I had to keep it real here and tell you what was going on around your area. And that is our news right there. Now. It's on. It's on. We're going to talk about this issue that everyone was so excited to listen to. It was over 300 some people that listened to this show. And we want to do a part two And how to bring in someone special. I had to bring in Alan Roger Curry. He's the author of Mode 1. And I want to go ahead and put him on air right now.
5: Hey, how
1: you doing, Mode 1?
7: What's up, Evan?
1: <laughs> chilling man. chilling man. It's crazy. I, I know you heard the news. I know that sounds kind of shocking, but.
7: Oh, man. I, it makes me think we're in the end of days, man, when crazy stuff like this is happening. Yeah.
1: Yeah, shock the guy in the city. I don't know where he's at, but hey, show, we'll go on. This, I had to warn folks out there cause a lot of people be sending me crazy stuff.
7: Oh, man. That's, it's just sad to hear stories like that. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, a lot of people want to know who you are. Yeah, I, I told them about the book, but give give them your perspective of the whole relationship scene. Because a lot of folks been asking me, "Who's number one? Who's number one?" I say, "Got a book out." Oh, really? Tell me, tell me, tell me stuff. So, <laughs> want to know? People people truly want to know. Because people, people coming left and, and right to me I'm about the show. I tell me, who's number one? You know. So I told them, tune in and listen. So they are listening. <laughs>
7: okay. Well, I appreciate everybody who's listening. Yeah. Um Again, my name is Alan Roger Curry. Uh, I first came up with the Mode One. Uh, well, I guess I started exhibiting what I would refer to as Mode One behavior way back when I was probably in my early to mid 20s. Well, dang, I just dated myself when I said way back. <laughs> okay, it wasn't that far back, but. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Now, here's, I guess, kind of the brief version. I'll try to make it brief with the backstory. I noticed a lot of my male friends, when I would be at social events, parties, etc. they would, uh, and you fellas can relate to this, say a, a hot, sexy woman comes in. Uh-huh. And, you know, one of my boys would look at the woman and be like, man, dude, I do this to her. I do that to her. You know, I tear that up and blah, 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 blah. And first it was entertaining, but then I'd be like, well, why are you telling me, though? <laughs> and they'd be like, what you talking about, man? I'd be like, why are you telling me? I can't help you, bro. You need to be telling her. And, of course, you know, three, four, them or more would be like, oh, man, you know, I, I couldn't I couldn't say that to her, man. I, You know, I would get a, a negative reaction and, and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, a lot of times they would challenge me, and I would say, oh, I have no problem. And sure enough, I would approach women... Say what was ever on my mind, even if it was ultra provocative, ultra straightforward, even if it made them frown, the eyebrows raise, what what have you, I would say whatever's on my mind. And what happened was, I noticed this kind of pattern, and my friends noticed. For the, like the first two to three minutes, women would kind of freak out, like, "Excuse me, what'd you say? I don't believe you just said that." Blah blah blah. And I would just always hold my ground. That was the key. I would never back down from what I said. I would never apologize for what I said. I'd look at them like, yeah, I said it, And Then I noticed once they saw that I wasn't going to apologize for either what I said or the manner in which I said it, they would soften up. They'd be like, you're so bad. You're so crazy. What's your <laughs> name? And so my friends, they started tripping. They were like, dude, what is this like hypnotic trick you got, man? I said, well, hypnotic trick. And they were like, man, I, I've noticed you. I've been watching you. You approach women. And for the first three, four minutes, it looked like the women about to curse you out. Then next thing I know, they're writing down their phone number. You know, sometimes you kissing them, what have you. And they thought it was more complex than what it really was. And I would tell them, hey, I'm just being straightforward. I just let them know what I'm thinking. That's why the subtitle of my book is "Mo one let them know what you really think." But anyway, at this period of time, I didn't even have any ideas of turning this into a book. And what happened? I got an older brother named Stephen. He started hearing from this from some of my friends. They was telling him like stories, like "Man, your brother trip, man. He be just going up to women, just saying anything he wants to." And so my brother was like. Dude, what's this? I keep hearing you got this kind of like psychological trick you work on, on women. And I said it's really not a trick at all. I'm just very upfront and straightforward. Which I got to now plug my show. That's the name of my show, Upfront and Straightforward with Alan Roger Curry, right here on Blog Talk Radio. But anyway, that's what I told my brother. I said, "Dude, I'm just always upfront and straightforward." And he was very skeptical. And this is my brother. But even though him being my brother, my blood brother, everything. He was very skeptical until he saw me himself in action. And the two or three times he saw me in action, he, like, freaked out. He was like, I mean, I don't, I don't want to get X-rated on your show, Evan. But let's matter. just say, if you're familiar with this book called Letters to the Penthouse, and that chronicles a lot of people's spontaneous, unexpected sexual experiences, like people meeting on the train and five minutes later they boning, that's the type of stuff I was experiencing because of my behavior. And my brother was like, dude, you got to put this on paper. And I was like, nah, man. You know, I, I was like, you know, treating him like he's crazy. He's like, dude, I'm serious, dude. You got to put this on. I said, what is there to put on paper? It's really all I would be telling people is be straightforward. I mean, again, people kept thinking it was something way more complex than what it really was. But, uh,. So anyway, on his urging, I decided to create this um, this um, 25-page pamphlet called The Mode 1 Principles. This was probably around 94, 95. And um, at this time, we're both in California. I'm living in Los Angeles. My brother was living in San Diego. And all of a sudden, he called me one day excited. And I was like, what's up, man? he said... Um, He said, dude, at this time, he was a manager of about maybe 25 guys. And about, I'd say roughly 10 of those 25 guys were guys who were having problems with their love life, sex life, social life. So he said they would always come in complaining. And he told quite a few of them about my pamphlet. And at least half of them were very skeptical. They was like, you know, what's this pamphlet about? It was a mix of black guys, white guys. Thing, at least one or two Hispanic guys, and they were all just really um, skeptical. So he challenged them to read it. Next thing he know, he said, by roughly anywhere from two to four weeks later, at least six to seven of those ten guys that he he gave the pamphlet to, they came back raving about it. They were like, "Oh man, your brother is so on point with this stuff, man! It's changed my whole social life." One dude. Met a woman that he was scared to approach. He kept going to the mall. He kept seeing this 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 blonde chick that my brother said looked like Pamela Anderson from Baywatch. He kept looking at her, but he didn't have the guts to approach her. So he read my pamphlet, and not only did he approach her, but he approached her boldly than he approached woman, any woman in his life. He went up to her and said, you and I are going to share each other's company next weekend. And he said, she was like, Excuse me? And I tell all guys, if a woman says excuse me, say, you're excused. So he said, you're excused. And she said, wow, that is such an original approach. Wrote down her number. Eleven months later, these these two got engaged and got married. Another guy wasn't going out with any woman. He was going on like a date like once every four or five weeks. And he read my pamphlet. next thing... My brother knew, he said he was going out with two to three women a week. <laughs> so finally, again, my brother, man, was like, dude, you got to turn this into a book. And I kind of laughed it out. I was concentrating on improving my screenwriting. and I was pursuing a screenwriting and filmmaking career in Los Angeles. So, I, I you know, I kind of treated the book like, yeah, whatever. And plus, at that time, unlike today, it wasn't really that many self-publishing opportunities, and I knew the challenge of going through the traditional publishing route. And besides, with traditional publishing, I didn't want anybody owning the rights to my book. Because mm-hmm. with traditional, I don't want to get into the thing about publishing, but traditional publishing, people own the rights to your book. I wanted to own the rights of my book. But anyway, I kind of blew it off. And anyway, skipping all miscellaneous details, I ended up coming back to the Midwest where I'm now because of parental health concerns, and while I was here, when I first came back here, that's when I heard about this concept called an e-book, so the first thing I did was I turned that pamphlet into an e-book, and I went on this site called askmen.com, I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, and uh, it's mainly full of a bunch of what I call frustrated nice guys. You know, guys would be on that that message board on that forum. To me, hey man, you know, I took this chick out three times, right? I spent like fifty, seventy five dollars each date, and then at the end of the third date, she was like, "Hey Brian, I just want to be platonic friends, man. This sucks." And I was like, I would write them little notes privately, like, "Hey dude, you need you need to check out my ebook," and they would say, "You know, what's it about?" And someone would be skeptical. Anyway, next thing I know, the thing starts selling like hotcakes. It starts selling so well that ass men banned me because they didn't want me being more popular than the guys who were their their resident dating coaches and resident uh, relationship advisors. And then finally how it became to get a paperback just happened about two and a half, three years ago. I was at a function in Chicago. And this sister who ran a singles organization, she heard about my ebook, And she said, Alan, I heard you wrote a book that teaches men how to get some pussy.
6: <laughs>
7: and I said, so that's how I was presented to you. She said, yeah. I said, well, why don't you read it and then you tell me if it's a book that just teaches men how to get some pussy. But I said, I think you'll find that it's more profound than that. And uh I gave a month to read the ebook. She read it in two nights, loved it. And decided to invite me to do a presentation at one of her singles events. And I spoke in front of about thirty-five, forty women, about twenty, twenty five guys, and they all loved it. All loved it. And um then but the negative thing that ended up having, Evan, is that at the end of my presentation? All these women came to me, and the guys were like, they had the money in hand. They were like, hey, we ready to buy your book. I was like, oh, no, I just got it as an e-book. And, man, they looked at me like they wanted to just whoop my ass. It was like an e-book? We don't want no e-book. We want a book we can hold in our hand. So I said, bump it. And then finally my brother was looking at me like, dude, didn't I tell you this like four or five years ago? So anyway, that brings us to the day, man. I finally got it published as a paperback in March, late February, early March of two thousand and six. And it's been, you know, selling well ever since. And um I think here's the thing and then I shut up here, but here's the thing I, I think that separates it from a lot of other books on the market that are in the same genre as mine, is that a lot of these guys I read, you know, uh Mystery and some of these other guys who call themselves dating coaches and all this stuff, mm-hmm. they basically emphasize to guys, don't get rejected, don't get rejected, don't get rejected. So they write these principles and they, they, they make statements like, if you follow these principles, you'll never, ever be rejected. And that's just unrealistic. Yeah. I don't care who you are. You can be the most handsome, charming, wealthiest guy in the world, But there's going to be a group of women out there that's going to reject you at some point. So uh, what I teach men, I don't don't try to teach men not to be rejected. I basically tell them in my book, you're going to be rejected. It's inevitable that to some degree you're going to get rejected. So my attitude is if you're going to get rejected at some point anyway, you might as well let a woman know what it is you really want from them.
6: Yeah, that's
1: I believe you on that because I've been telling guys that too. I don't know if you listen to any of my shows about rejection because I have another show called Falling Men and we talk about rejection. This last show that I mentioned earlier basically goes on your guidelines about your book because a lot of dudes, especially in the state of North Carolina, are afraid to approach these females. I'm like, what is wrong with you? And the thing is, the bad thing is, is that it's like a disease cause. You hang around a bunch of dudes like this, you might start rubbing off being like, uh, I'm, I'm scared to talk to her, too.
7: <laughs> you know,
1: that's
7: so true, man, because I was telling somebody not too long ago, I see a lot of young guys these days, and I see them driving around in cars or, or walking around, and it's just like them. <laughs> I mean, when I was young, man, I mean, my buddies was always around some women. If we was driving, we had women in the car with us. We was walking at the beach or the park. We had women with us. Now I just see dudes just by themselves and stuff. And uh, so that cracks me up, man. But, yeah, there's a lot of guys that are just dreadfully afraid to approach And that's the thing that some people think. Some people think my book is just geared towards guys who are afraid to express themselves in a straightforwardly honest manner. But I tell women all the time, I said, no, it goes deeper than that. There's some guys that are literally afraid to even approach a woman, let alone
1: say anything. Yeah, that's true. I, I tell guys that too, but I know I know you have you've been out here, you have a book out, you've been telling people, you know, you know, what what it's all about so I had to bring you in today because we wanna reiterate on some of the things that we talk about but with your perspective of like how does all happen, you know what I'm saying? Like I talked to my father, you know, my grandfather was here, Talked to them. They're afraid to say what was on their mind. So how did we move from people being bold to now, I'm scared she might reject me? I mean, where did it originate it from?
7: Well, I think right now what we're doing, we're living in a politically correct culture. And everything is about being politically correct. And everybody, nobody, I think it came from corporate America because corporate America wants to attract as many customers to their various products and services as possible. So therefore, it kind of seeped in our culture, don't offend anybody. Don't say anything that will provoke an adverse reaction. And I think that's now permeated into the dating scene is that so many men... Are afraid to say anything that's even halfway controversial or provocative, or that they think will be perceived as too forward or inappropriate. So, uh, you know, it, it's just a, uh, uh, it's just amazing. And you know, I, I, what I, I'm, I'm kind of easy on the guys. I don't fault many of the guys I talk to too much. Uh, 'cause I know a lot of them that 's how they were raised by whether it be their parents, you know a lot of times for example with guys, your mother will say uh, you know young you know son don't be a gentleman, be a nice guy, don't say anything that will rub a woman the wrong way, and that gets locked in women 's heads i mean in in the young guys' heads, and so they think the key to success is to be this 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 quintessential nice guy and perfect gentleman. When the reality is, and if you've read my book, you know this, in the short run, being a nice guy and a gentleman has benefits, but in the long run, it usually results in frustration. Yeah,
1: I believe you. My mom always kept it real. She said, watch out for these bald-headed hoes i huh. like, huh? So my other friends were getting like, no,
4: you know, you right.
1: Mom said, watch out. Look here. Come here. I'll tell you something. You blow your money out on all these girls. Look, if she wants you, she'll let you have it. And just wrap your dick up and go, you know. <laughs> so that's, that's real talk for mom. She's listening. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, it works. I, I use that because I mean I be going out, you know, we go out to the gym, me missing 910, sometimes uh, LeVon. Those
4: and I see what happens. I say
1: bold things to people. Sometimes when people try to chat with me on Yahoo and stuff, I tell them what I want, and you think thinking, well, so some people are dictating, well, if I say this, I'm not going to get it. And I told the lady what I wanted, and she said, what would you say to me? Mm, she said, oh, I can handle you anytime. Stuff like that. You wouldn't expect her to say it. But it happens because so I think a lot of guys out here, uh, like you say, afraid of rejection, and that's the problem there. I I tell people this. I tell guys, look, man, you gotta take a good shower in rejection. I mean, it builds up that tolerance. But <laughs> 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 well, I mean, what 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 else is y'all thoughts over there, uh, Mr. Levon? What you gotta say about
3: it? Uh, I mean, I sort of agree. You just have to be um, up front with it nowadays there's this whole lack of communication out of everybody's Facebook and in my face and, and text messaging all the damn time that they don't really know how to have a a, a conversation with a girl. I mean as a matter of fact I had a pretty interesting experience um just this weekend matter of fact. We were just chilling, we um, doing this big old earth day celebration on our campus and one of my homeboys from Nigeria, he came and we just hung around scoping out some of the ladies. He knew this one girl that he was pretty cool with she started having this conversation with us talking about how there weren't any real confident men out there, any men could have a good conversation and shit, and hey, we too afraid. And I'm like, oh, we're too afraid. And she she's like, yeah. So I, t- I put her up to the test, talked to her and everything. Next thing you know, I'm hanging out with her. We chilling and everything. We right now too. So we really don't know how to have um, that kind of level with a woman, regardless of whatever you want to talk about it. You ain't got to, I don't know how you um, school their brain off of like, Feel they have a bunch of bullshit. You just have a good conversation. Give them what they want, you know, and you got them. They don't know how to do that, though. Yeah. What about
1: you, uh, Mr. 910? Mr. 910? <laughs> no. you yeah, I'm here. I'm here. What's up? What's your thoughts about what Allen's just been reiterated about, you know, about the dating scene, being up front, Bo? I know you've been quiet there.
2: Yeah, that – well, Personally, me, I was agreeing with what he was saying, you know, telling a woman straight up, you know, what's on your mind. Because I remember, you know me, you know me Mr. Yvonne, no, you know, I'm a shy guy. I always try to be nice, a gentleman. And that does lead to a lot of frustration, man. I remember I was hanging with my boys at home. And they see a girl, man, they tell telling straight up on their mind what they want, what they want to do. And it's like, all like, right, man, you crazy talking like to a girl, man. What's wrong with you? She's might think you crazy. And it's I know, man, him and the girl going out, dating, they got the girl phoned them. I'm like, man, what's up with this, you know? Then when I try, I try to be all a gentleman and shy, man, I get turned away. I be like, damn man. So I start thinking, man, you know, what do women really want? It seems like they want, like, you try to be all nice and, you know, try trying to be a gentleman to them, man. That's when frustration comes in because you give up one another, like, yeah, they like you feeling because you're a nice, you gentleman. a gentleman. You know, they want they really want a man, you know, who's straight up, tells on their mind, you know, what they want, what's this. You know, they, they, like they bold and confident in themselves. Well, on the other hand, I was a gentleman, you know, I want to say what's on my mind. I to say all nice things, you know. If so I was shy, I scared, I did to get my feelings hurt. You know, That leads to, like, getting frustrated and stuff. But, yeah. Yeah. Let's talk so, about I how
4: it. It. I it. You got
2: it bold. bold. You, know. you got to walk. So, sure can be <laughs> <laughs>
1: Look, let's talk about that. What are the steps to basically uh bring your confidence up to that level where you can tell them what you really want?
7: Uh, I think you gotta get you gotta eliminate the effects of what I call your blockers. Mm-hmm. See, a lot of guys have what I refer to as, as psychological blockers, and uh, basically those are simply assumptions of how women are going to respond to certain comments, certain you know things you say, and so if you have it in your head that if I say X Y Z. You know this woman is going to give me a negative response. Then of course you're not going you're not going to approach her. You're not going to say what you want to say because you think. But um, my attitude, the, the way I have a mindset is, I always use the phrase, "Don't concentrate on telling a woman what she wants to hear. Tell a woman what you want her to know." And that's what I concentrate on every time I approach a woman is. I want a woman to know what my desires are, what my short-term and or long-term desires, interests, and intentions and objectives are. And that way, if she's on the same page with me, we're going to immediately click. We're going to immediately click. (laughs) But if she's not, then that's a benefit too because then we don't waste each other's time.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's that's one hundred right here. And
7: see, that's one of the things I, I I emphasize in my book to guys the same way I was talking about. A lot of guys they emphasize avoiding rejection, avoiding rejection. A lot of these again, a lot of these other book authors and dating coaches they emphasize avoiding rejection and avoiding criticism. And and what I'm saying is that in the long run, that's a bad thing. What? But the good thing to the emphasize the men to avoid is. Don't waste time interacting with women who are not genuinely interested in you and are not on the same page as you. Because it's just too many women out there who who are going to potentially be on the same page as you for you to be wasting days, weeks, or months interacting with a woman who's not on the same page as you. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's true right there. Now, I know a lot of folks want to uh, try to call in and stuff. I'm going to go ahead and give out the number. The number is 646-716-7911. 646-716-7911. So, yeah, there's a lot of dudes out here that's, uh, I, I don't know, I'll be asking a lot of young guys, like, I went to the gym, and that's saw this mix, this black and Asian chick, I mean, nice, slim body, all these guys at the gym playing ball. Oh, man, she bad. She bad. And I look at him, you know, I I can get this material for my show, you know. I always get material one way or another. <laughs> So, he's like, uh, I'll be back. I said, okay, this dude's about to go over there and talk to her. Next thing you know, yeah, he come back. I said, man, did you say anything to her? No, I looked at her, though. <laughs> oh, oh, man, He said, was. Oh, no, oh, man, she might have a man. Bump that man. I give a damn she got a man. not. Let her say that to you. <laughs> Let's not, I said, I don't make that assumption. She got me because. I listened to another guy named Tariq Nishi, and he was like, You know, at one point, one guy was like, What do I do about a girl that got me? He said, Really, you don't ask. He said, Why is that? He said, you say, You got to have that person that you really don't give a
7: damn. You know,
1: find out what's up with her, you know, tell her what you want, put your bid in.
7: So Exactly. I mean, you hit it on the head when you said about people, guys. See, a lot of guys, they essentially reject themselves. Yes. And that's one of the biggest mistakes I see guys make. They reject themselves based on their own assumptions, again, of either how a woman is going to respond or what a woman's situation is. I've seen guys say, oh man, I ain't going to approach a woman because I already know she got a boyfriend. How you know? Oh man, I, I ain't going to approach her because I already know she, I'm not her type. How you know? My attitude, if you're going to be rejected, let the woman reject you. Don't reject yourself. And the second thing along with that I tell men is that if you're going to be rejected, if you're going to fail to accomplish your goal of hooking up with a woman, make sure your presence is memorable. And that's what I'm all about, being bold and and being up front stripper. I'm sure if you guys watched a basketball game where, say, you saw a guy go down the lane and he throws up this soft layup, and the guy on defense just swats his ball in the stands. Oh, my, and,
1: oh boy, Mr. Mister Nine One Zero, did one of our friends like that in college.
7: <laughs> now, see, in that situation, everybody's going to be clowning the guy who got his shot rejected <laughs> because he got his stuff just swatted. So, okay, let's use that as example A. He went in for the soft layup and got his stuff swatted. Now, contrast that with, let's say you go down the lane and maybe you about six feet, and the guy defending you is about 6'6", six, six. and you go up and raise and try to slam on his ass. But you missed the dunk. But you still tried. You know good where well, the crowd is going to go crazy. Now, on, on, on paper, you didn't score two points, so you didn't really accomplish your goal because you didn't score. But still, the crowd going to be like, Dude, did you see that dude? He just like raised on that dude. That's kind of the same way how I look at mode one behavior versus, say, mode two or mode three. You know, if you come soft, you know, hey, um, I was wondering um, yeah. if you're available this weekend, would it be possible for you to go, oh, hell no, get your punk ass out of my face. <laughs> you know, you feel like that dude who got his ball swatted. Yep. Yeah. The, whole,
1: the whole campus of a booing this dude he's making shit like a volleyball. <laughs> but, yeah, that's true. I tell people to come up in there strong. Now, I want to I wanna talk about some of the other things that's probably getting guys scared, because you say, you know, it's, it's the political part of it. I like to talk about some of these TV shows, you know, because I want to reiterate on that that we talked about last week, about some of the TV shows that dumb down men, like Dancing with the Stars and Everybody Loves Raymond.
7: Oh, dude, it, it's, for me, it's too many shows to uh, to count on. I, that's why I really, honestly, man, I don't, I don't watch too much TV anymore with the exception of a handful of shows because I can't take the male characters on most TV shows.
1: Yeah, uh, that's how I am, too. I, I only have a set number of shows that I watch, and that's about it. <laughs> so I, I see a lot of guys do stuff that they see on TV, and I'm like, man, where do you get that from? That's what they do on TV. after <laughs> they have it work, shut up. <laughs> or they get something, but they don't want that. Yeah, I know there's a lot of guys out there that are, I guess you want to call scared because already pointed that out, but they'll talk to anything out there. What do you got to say about those type of guys?
7: Guys who will talk to any any woman? Any any woman. <laughs> well, in one respect, I give guys like that points. At least they're not letting their fear of approaching a woman, um, you know, get the best of them. So in that sense, I actually compliment guys who approach a lot of women. But at the same time, you gotta you gotta have some degree of selectivity to you. You know, you can't like. There's a difference between approaching a woman and genuinely expressing an interest in them versus just, as they call it, hollering at a woman. Hey, baby, what's your number, baby? Hey, baby, hey, baby, give up that number, baby. You know, ain't no, ain't no woman with a decent amount of intelligence going to respond to that. You know, because you're not really talking to her. You're talking at her.
1: I know a lot of dudes that do that down here in the South, I usually they go up in with some rims a bucket of chicken, stick it outside a car window and say, yo, sure, they come in. And they all come around the car. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I got video clip. I'm about to show it one day. But uh, these type of girls, they, they don't got no, like, a real woman because these are females, and we're talking about getting the women here. So I wanted to point that out in this area. But
7: Hey, man, I, I got to say this. Uh, generalized by Southern women, man. Y'all southern southern women to take care of a brother, man. I mean yeah. they they can cook. Uh,
4: <laughs>
7: Shoot, man. I fucked up with southern oh. women, man. They look out for a brother, man. Shoot. I'm saying little.
1: You see Mr. Nine One Zero, he's
7: in Kabotia over there. Uh, I'm oh I'm so saying, 910 don't like Southern women?
1: No, no the thing is, there's gonna be some older Southern women that
2: can do that, but the young ones, like the ones in their 20s,
4: probably. They, they can't cook microwave meals, some of
2: them. <laughs> <laughs> they can't cook the microwave. Yeah. You I say older women, like, you know how
4: to
2: cook that food, you know. Yeah. <laughs> some of them. I see some young girls women that can cook now, but not, not a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. So they would be like, hey, how do you work this microwave? You know,
1: like,
7: what? <laughs> you know, that's funny, dude. The The funniest story I've ever seen. This was in L.A., dude. I had I had a chick over the crib, man, and I told her to throw this like little dinner in the microwave, and she said, "Okay," and she she she. <laughs> Dude, this is crazy. She put it in there, put it in for a few seconds, and then she kept putting her hand on top of it. I said, "What are you doing?" She said, "I'm preheating the microwave." <laughs> And I was like, you don't preheat a microwave? What the, what the hell preheats? A? She had no concept of how a microwave worked. Yeah,
8: you, know, you
7: know, that mama did that girl on Flavor of
1: Love the first season where she supposed to make chicken for Flavor Flav's mom, and she stuck the whole thing in there and put, like, uh, oodles and noodles all around the time it's done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna give my, my mama this shit so it it's nasty. It's nasty for But
7: you know, it's funny uh now when I was saying the difference between you know, I hear that from a lot of guys, particularly brothers, uh, that that uh there's almost a gap between the older women and the real young women, say, you know, eighteen to twenty nine because um a lot of the younger women, man, they, they feel like they don't have to really bring anything to the table.
1: You got that right. That's what they're saying.
7: And uh, that's why a lot of guys are, are frustrated. Matter of fact, I, another quick shameless plug. <laughs> I'm going to be talking about some of those issues on my show this Thursday, uh, May 1st. But, uh, yeah, man, a lot of brothers, younger brothers, man, they're frustrated because, uh, yeah, man, they feel like, you know, a lot of the younger sisters are very spoiled just wanna be, you know, fawned over and offered to be wind and dine and whereas a lot of the older sisters, you know, they know as a matter of fact there's a young lady in the in the um in the chat room, Army wife, she made a comment the other day in my chat room. She said, you know, if she's giving love and respect, she gives it back. And to me that's what it's all about. You know, you you give love and respect, you get it back. But uh but yeah, going back to these guys being uh, scared, man. Yeah, man. You know, I, it just hurts me, man, when I meet guys that are just like I got an email from this guy from London who bought my book, and he was—he uh, told me, man, it was flattering. He told me my book literally changed his life because he said he used to go to pubs. That's London's equivalent to
4: bars. <laughs>
7: he said I used. He said you know I used to go to a lot of pubs. And he said he would just go in there and stare at women. He would never approach them because he was so afraid of rejection. And then he read my book, and he realized that, as I tell guys, rejection is win-win. See, most people look at rejection as win-lose, but it's win-win. Because, number one, think about this. Think of you, figuratively speaking, approaching a woman with an empty glass. And if she's not interested in you, she doesn't put anything in that glass. But if she's interested in you, she takes a pitcher and fills it up anywhere from four to eight ounces of whatever, liquid water. Now, if you go up and approach a woman with that empty glass and she's not interested, you're walking away with an empty glass. you walking away with the same thing that you approached her with. Uh-huh. So, bottom line, you didn't lose anything. But if you approach and she's interested in, then you know, again, figuratively speaking, she's putting something in that glass, and that's what I make guys realize is that, like I said earlier, when you get rejected, the main benefit of getting rejected is that you didn't waste any time. The only time to me rejection is detrimental is when you invested a high amount of time and money pursuing yeah, a, a woman, and yeah. then you get
1: rejected. Yeah, I was going to talk about that 'cause because I know a lot of dudes down here in the South be talking about making it rain on girls. And me and Mr. 910 be looking at like, y'all crazy ass, y'all mine. And they be trying to force it. And the girls turn around and say, yeah, you know, I like this money, but I really don't like him. You know, you can hook up with us. He's like, what? <laughs> and he doing something. He's like, yeah, I can, I can out-trick this dude. Come here, girl. Let me let it rain. Let me make it rain. You know, I'm like, whoa. <laughs> I'm like, no, nah, man. <laughs> and then when you tell them that you don't got to use no money, because me and Mr. 910 watched some cheaters last night, and the dude had two girls he was cheating on, right? And he didn't have no job. These women were working. How is it that, that man who has no job played by two, you know, get some butt from two different women? And that wasn't half bad. But the guy out here who's tricking all his money, out can't get
7: no plug. See, that's what I call in my book. And for the guys who've read my book, that's in the chapter on mole 3. And if you haven't read my book, then you need to go to dot onenet And uh, that's where I sell my book, and it's also on Amazon, Bars and Nobles. It's called Mole 1. Let the women know what you're really thinking. But... I basically, to give guys who may not be familiar with my book the general concept of it, I divide all of man's behavior into what I call four modes of behavior. Well, technically is five different categories because I divide mode three into two types of guys, but I'll start off with mode two. I call mode two the pleasant postponers, the pleasant postponers. Mo 2 guy, that's your classic Mr. Nice guy. He wants to be perceived as Mr. Perfect Gentleman. And he's all about saying things that are pleasant, things that are flattering. He doesn't want to ruffle any feathers. He doesn't want any type of adverse responses from women, any type of controversial responses from women. So he's all about being a nice guy. Uh mode three, I divide it into two guys. There's the mode three timid and the mode three target. Mode three timid is the guy I mentioned earlier who's afraid to approach women, period. He'll just go to a party, social event, nightclub, whatever, and just stare at women all night. Never approach it. Mode three target is what you were just talking about, Evan, the guy who thinks he can pull women basically with things like money. Uh, financial favors, expensive
1: gifts,
7: material possessions, because they they have no confidence in themselves. They don't have any confidence in their their personality, their charm. They have no game, basically, so they try to use uh, external stuff. But what they don't realize, when you do that, then you're just creating a go to the highest bidder scenario. Because, say, if you offer a woman a Honda Accord, then, of course, another guy going to say, well, baby, I can get you a BMW. Then another guy going to say, oh, baby, I can get you a Jaguar. Then another guy going to be like, I can get you a Lamborghini. And that's just a process of the highest bidder, which is going to create more insecurity on your part. Because if the basis for your self-confidence is, say, your wealth, if you, you're only going to feel confident, say you're making $75,000 a year. The only guys you're going to feel confident around are guys who are making seventy grand or less. But once you're in a room with guys making 100000 more, you're going to feel insecure. Yeah. You know, Will Smith um talked about that one time in an interview. He said a lot of people think when you get money, you automatically are confident. But he said it depends on who you share the company of. Because, again, if you're making a million dollars a year, You'll feel confident when you're around guys making less, but if you're around guys making $10 million a year, you still will to feel insecure.
6: <laughs>
7: so that's why I'm not about basing my confidence on stuff like money. Really, you should never, in my opinion anyway, you should never really base your confidence on one thing, such as just money or just your looks or just your sense of humor. Because it's going to always lead to insecurity. You know, your company should be based on the sum of what you have to offer. Everything you have to offer combined. That should be the basis. But, um, but anyway, I was talking about my moles. So that's the mole three target. Mole four guy, that's your Mr. Bitter guy. That's the guy who was previously mole two or previously mole three. And he got disrespected so many times. He was so frustrated over his rejections that he's like, man, all women are bitches, man. Forget them all, man. I hate all them bitches. Man, forget them women, man. The next woman I see, I'm a slapper slap because I just hate them women, man. Like, matter of fact, I got a guy, I ain't going to call him names, but see, me and this guy used to be cool with on Blog Talk Radio. He was perpetrating as a mole one straight shooter, and come to find out, as I got to know him, he was a mole for... Misogy- I call Mo Four guys the misogynistic revenge seekers.
1: That's the one I know, too. <laughs> and see, I
7: know a guy, but I ain't going to say his name. I'm just going to say he's in the Blog Talk Radio family, and he fancies himself a more One guy, but really he's he's a Mo Four misogynistic revenge seeker. And then finally, <laughs> I my mean wife is tripping on that. <laughs> she knows who I'm talking about.
1: <laughs> I know you talking about, too. I got some. Um, but, um...
7: Then finally I get to Mone One. Mone One is what I nicknamed the self-assured straight shooter. And again, plain and simply, a Mone One guy is a guy, when he interacts with any woman he's interested in, he just approaches her, lets her know in the most self-assured, upfront and straightforward manner what his desires are, what his interests are, what his intentions are. And either the woman reciprocates it or she, she lets him know she ain't on the same page with him. And if, and if the second is the case, then he's like, cool. He just moves on to the next woman. He ain't tripping. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that's the four modes.
1: Yeah. Uh, that That's why I tell guys, too. I say charge it to the game because there's too many women out here, man. It's just crazy, you know. Too many. And a lot of guys put their heart on their sleeves and, and they tell me the stuff, and they get all mad, Time, about they might kill themselves. I'm like, it ain't worth it, man. <laughs> I'm like, why are you going to kill yourself over this bro? You never know. She might be crazy. Like, today, I went to uh, the store to get me some groceries. And I had on my, my Terminator shades, as people call them, you know. Can't see my eyes. I can see you. And I'm going kind to of stare, and I'm like, hey, how are you doing? And she like, she didn't hear nothing. And I'm just walking off. I'm like, okay, whatever. It doesn't hurt me. He was like, oh man, that that that's so embarrassing. So, I said, what is so embarrassing? Then I said, hey, to the lady. And you never know what's wrong with some of these people. But when I get back home, back to my place, she's another lady. Uh, I approach and start talking. She was like, hey, how you doing? You know, this and that. I said, I know it's not me. <laughs>
6: you
1: can't you can't get your ego in there, guys. Not just yet, anyway. It's a lot of dudes. I don't know. I don't know. It, it might be these hip songs that be messing up some of these dudes out here. <laughs> And they'd be trying to stuff because someone, I don't know if you listen to one of my other shows, he said he wanted to pay the girl's rent. He paid it, and he got her a ring, but she didn't give him no time at all, no time. And then he ended up uh, basically sending me a note, and I had to talk about it on my show. But she was considering, like, when he stopped talking to her, finally, she tried to come back and say, hey, my phone bill is like $400 plus my rent's up. Can you help me out on one of those two, or
7: maybe both? And he was talking, should he do it or not? Hey, Evan, uh, I, w- I was looking in the chat room, and, and Diamonds and Kisses says that a mole one guy would say, look, baby, let me take you to McDonald's and buy you a Happy Meal.
6: Yeah.
7: Hey, Diamonds, why a brother got to yeah. buy you a Happy Meal? <laughs> why brother got to buy a Happy Meal? Why ain't got to buy you anything to hook up with you? That's what I want to know.
1: Damn, I didn't have to buy money. These girls not get play. I'm telling you, to buy money because if they're you, you
7: don't have to show no money at all. Trust me, dude. I'm gonna tell you, and I tell guys this all the time because this this is one of the the mistaken notions to me in this society is that a lot of guys think in order to hook up with a woman that you have to buy them something, you have to you know invest. That's so not true. Just like you just said, a lot of women you hooked up with you. Most of the women that I've dated or even had casual sex with in my life, I didn't spend any money on them. That's (laughs) what
1: I got got to
7: turn on my little sound system here for that. I mean, I'm serious. And the the, the funny thing is, the women that I have made the mistake of spending money money on, those are women I didn't hook up with. I never ended up dating those women, never ended up having sex with those women. Wow. So, you know, that that whole, you got to buy a woman some or take out the dinner and all that. So that's, that's a bunch of belongings. Now, don't get me wrong. If you really into a chick and say y'all been dating for four or five, six months and y'all got a good relationship, I ain't saying a guy should be no cheap ass. I mean, you know, take your woman out to show that you appreciate her. But I'm talking about when you first meeting a woman, though, a guy shouldn't feel like he has to come out of pocket when he don't even know if a woman is genuinely interested in him or not.
1: Dang. I'm, I mean, it's crazy. I, I, I mean, you don't have to do all that. I know one girl told me I'm supposed to entertain because the girls of the generation around LeVon, uh, Mr. Now, you of my age group because we're in our 20s, they were like, you know, you should take me after eating. I said, so you want me to entertain you? He said, yes. Yeah, so I said, you want me to pull a rabbit out of my ass for you? And they looked and they Oh, shit. Because <laughs> I tell myself I'm not playing that type of game. First of all, you want me to do all this, what are you going to do? When you say that, they're like, I'll, I'll bring myself this and that. But all that bullshit cut through. The thing is, I like how it is if you can get straight to the point, because you cut all the bullshit out the all the bullshit. A lot of people out there just can't handle it. But that's good because that lets me know they can't handle it. They can get their ass on the curb, and I keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you one thing, though. I know this might be uh, one of the reasons. I don't know for sure. I know this deals with the workplace or whatever. Uh, in the 1990s, you know, the sexual harassment era, you know, yeah, they had a do law.
7: Exactly. exactly. Did that
1: really affect the the game? So what, you know?
7: Oh, for sure, for sure. A matter of fact, that's, it's funny you bring that up. I'm glad you did because... And for any guy who's read my book, um, towards the back of my book, I actually briefly touch on that. Cause that's, see, that's a touchy subject when it comes to mode one, because if there is one area where I will admit that a man cannot be truly mode one is when it comes to a co Because now you have these sexual harassment laws that, to be quite frank with you, Evan, I could do a two-hour show with you just on my sexual harassment soapbox. But I, I'm not going to get too long today about it, but I have some serious harsh feelings. Because here's the deal in a nutshell why I'm against sexual harassment. Women, the the word harassment means you are truly harassing someone. That means, in other words, you're making repeated attempts to hook up with a woman after she's already told you, no. That's harassment. So let's say you, you're working with Sexy Linda. And you go up to Sexy Linda and say, hey, Linda, you know, we need to hook up, you know, and exchange orgasms. And she says, no, you know, Teddy, I'm not interested. Instead, you saying, oh, okay, you know, you come the next day, you say, come on, Sexy Linda, you know, we need to exchange them orgasms. And she keeps saying, see, say, now that's sexual harassment. Because you keep coming and coming. But what I don't like is that nowadays if you go up to a woman at work and say, hey, Linda, that's a nice dress you got on. Next thing you know, the calling you in the office. Yeah. Did you tell Linda that she had a, you know, a good-looking or sexy dress on? Uh, yeah, I told her she had a nice dress on. Uh, you can't do that. This is a warning. And if you do that again, you know, you're fired. We're going to bring you up on sexual harassment charges. And uh, it's, it's such bull, man. Women take advantage of that. I mean, don't get me wrong. I want them to have something in place that can protect them from the true assholes out there who are trying to, you know, do, again, who are truly harassing them. But I don't think the guy should be penalized for one advance. You know, I think if you hit on a woman and she says no and you leave her alone, that's not sexual harassment.
1: Wow. Well, we got someone calling in right now. Three, one, two. You on the hotline. Who is this? Okay. okay, this is me, Jerry,
0: PPC. Now, y'all talking about, you know, the, you know, men shouldn't have to spend no money. You know, but women, you know, they feel like long as they got that thing between their legs, boy, and it's hot and ready to go, and you want it, you're going to spend some money.
7: <laughs> what do you think about <laughs>
6: that?
7: <laughs> well, yeah, you're right. Some guys will. Yeah. I mean, See, but the 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 thing <laughs> Yeah, that's that's my trademark phrase, Diamonds. Diamonds tripping off me saying exchange
6: orgasms. <laughs> See
7: that's the P G way of saying effing, uh, diamonds, exchange orgasms. I'm gonna put a trademark on that actually. But uh Yeah, you know, once you start trading money for Poonanny, man
4: That's you, tricky. You that's
7: you know, you, you get into a bad routine right there because, Number one, just like I use with the the automobile example, once a woman knows you willing to pay money for the booty, if she's a smart saleswoman, she's gonna keep up in the up in the ante. Mm-hmm. You know, so you spend tw- twenty dollars on her to get some booty, she's gonna be like, well, you know, in order to get the booty again, you, you gotta spend fifty dollars. And you spend fifty dollars, then she's gonna be like, well, in order to get the booty next time, you gotta spend seventy five. Then it's just gonna keep going up and up and up and up.
0: Okay, so when you, so so you ain't
7: never tricked off on that one of you guys, ain't never bought no pistol? I did it, I, I
0: mean, I've
7: done it before. No, no. I've never bought, you talking about like professional or you talking about like just whining and dining the bag?
0: It's that, both the same.
7: Well, I've, yeah, I've done wine and dining, and I learned from my lessons when I was younger, so I've definitely done wine, but I've never, like, paid for, like, prof- you know, like a call girl or prostitute. No, I've never done no, that. No,
0: you, well, see, you just went the elegant way, huh? You went and wine and dined her, paid all her shrimp, you know, got her some shrimp from <laughs>
7: Well yeah, when I was young, I did that a couple times. But like I said, I quickly learned my lesson, and that's why I changed my ways. I don't do that stuff no more.
0: Did you buy her any perfume, like Liz Clayborn, sixty-five dollar bottles, a hundred dollar bottle of perfume? Did you buy her some Victoria's Secret necklace, Jays and stuff like that? That you wanted to see her in sexy, you know, necklace, Jays and stuff like that, and the heels. No. So you never, you never did that, huh? No. Oh man, I am. Uh... Well, you got you gotta learn it though. You gonna know, in order to get, you gotta give. In order to give, you gotta get.
3: Okay.
0: Okay. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Right. What you talking about? What the other guy say? I'm gonna put you back off, cause we got more callers coming in right yeah, now. Yeah, you just don't wanna speak the truth. You know you tricking off. <laughs> well, we ain't yeah, tricking
2: there.
8: Oh my God!
1: See, I told you got strange people calling at times. To okay.
5: Three, two, one. Three, two, one. Are you there? Yes, this is Truly Blessed. I'm calling in. What's up, um,
7: Truly Blessed?
5: How are you all doing?
7: Oh, just dandy. This is mm-hmm. great. I'm listening
5: to y'all talking about the money and the stuff, uh
7: money on, ain't second. everything. Okay. Yeah,
5: eight hey, I see a eight
1: zero four. You'll be on next. So I'll just letting them know. But go ahead.
5: <laughs> money isn't everything.
7: True.
5: Okay, money ain't everything. I hear y'all. I mean, when you paying for something, it's completely called tricking. Okay, um, to be with a decent woman, you don't have to. uh, To be with a decent woman, y'all ain't got to go to TGI Fridays and all that on the first time. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to do all that at first get my nails done, get my hair done and all that. But like I was saying in the chat room, you know, me, I'm going to spend money on my man. I like my man to smell good, eat good, dress good. I like, and he going to be with me, he got to look good. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and uh, Alan, you you a little player. (laughs)
7: Hey, hey, you know that that term has got negative connotations over the last few years. So Ain't nothing wrong with that. Well, you know that.
5: what? I'm gonna say you you're an experienced player, okay? Because it probably was negative at first.
7: Because you so know, I tell guys, I used to tell, I used to tell some people on this this message board I mentioned, Ask man." One time they had a message board thread about players, and a lot of people were treating it like a negative thing. But see, a lot of people confuse a player with a lying womanizer. Those two are not the same thing. Lying womanizer is a guy that's having sex with three different women but making each woman feel like she's the only woman in his life. Whereas a player is a guy who's having sex with three different women, and all three of those women know he's having sex with two other women, and they've accepted his program. And See, you've got to give a true player nothing but respect. But, yeah, the line womanizer, no, I don't have no love or respect for No, I'm not womanizer. saying that
5: you're a womanizer, man. I'm just saying probably back in the day from the way you're talking, you used to be like that. But you've learned from your experiences.
7: Well, yeah, i definitely learned from my That's what my, my whole book is about, really. That's what a I'm brother saying. Who's learned, learn from yeah, learned from Like I was telling poor people, you know, I, I used to do the wine and dine thing with at least a handful of women. But I learned from my experiences that, you know, that don't pay off in the long run.
5: <laughs> well, I can, I can understand where you're coming from, though. I can. I got to read the book, though, to come back at you, because I, I really need I want to read this book.
7: Oh, yeah, definitely. Pick up a copy, tell all your friends. Matter of fact, I will say, it's funny. I wrote the book for men. If you read the book, you're going to tell it's, it's written for men. But probably at least 35 to 40% of the people in the, in the black community who bought my book have been women. So, uh, you know, the women have enjoyed it, so definitely... Uh, you know, pick up a copy and tell a few friends about it.
5: Okay, I understand that. I just had to call in and put in my my two cents about the money thing.
7: I appreciate that, truly.
5: Okay. Okay, I'll holler at y'all later.
7: Okay. All
5: right.
1: That, that was something before she called. I don't know who that other person was, but, you know. Like the know. person
7: who called before her was a Poor People's uh, Campaign.
1: Okay.
7: He's okay. in everybody's chat room. Oh. Yeah, I guess he feels like it's all right to trick, you know, but uh you know,
1: I'm saying, I think it's like I am legend, you know, like, you got a bunch of stepping and trick-ass niggas out here. It's basically like, this trick, this trick, and you only got a few real men, like how you are, like, Mr. 910 me, and a few other guys, but no, we ain't going to do that. And we're, like, being just thrown off the earth or something, you know. We trying to help people out. Well. But well, I mean, folks, man, y'all gotta be real with y'all, man. Are y'all happy being tricks? I mean.
7: <laughs> you know, it was funny, Evan. It was funny. You know, one of the things, again, I'm gonna talk about my show on Thursday is how there's a lot of animosity between um, brothers and sisters. But the reality is, to me, it's really not so much an issue of black men versus black women as much as the deeper issue is black men with backbone versus weak black men. Weak black men have created a monster out here because they allow women to disrespect them. They trick it on women. Then these women get spoiled as a result, and they expect that from the men who got the backbone, and the men who got the backbone ain't taking that. But, um, yeah, the real enemy is weak-ass men who throwing dollars at these honeys, and, uh, you know, it's just ridiculous
1: I know you heard that song with Ray J Was talking about he loved the trick
7: <laughs> No, I haven't heard that song Yeah, Ray J
1: got a song He the trick He loves going to the track Picking up a hooker Tricking them all out <laughs> Yes, this is what's going on in our music But I got a show coming up with that too soon Oh but, boy <laughs> Let's bring in 804 I know 804 has been waiting for a long time you on a hotline Who is this?
9: This is Army Wife.
6: Army <laughs> Wife. Alan. Stop laughing.
7: Evan, I don't know if you're familiar with Army Wife, but Army Wife, if you go on any day in any random chat room, it could be a chat room about lawnmowers in East New Zealand, and all of a sudden you'll get a phone, it, the phone call and be like, hello, this is Army Wife.
6: <laughs> I'm
7: teasing that she's called into a, a world record fifteen thousand shows on oh, Blog Talk Radio.
9: No, I have not it.
7: <laughs>
9: Um, I don't really have a comment, Alan. I just wanted to say that um, you're doing a great job, great interview. Well, <laughs> oh, thank you, Army. You're welcome. Um, and basically to so touch on what you said that um, I did comment in the chat room. Like I said, if you when you love a a black woman, I'm gonna say that because a lot of um b t r hosts have been you know hitting on the you know why black men go with white women and stuff but um if you love a black woman wholeheartedly and you cherish her and treat her with respect, she will love you to death exactly and um I just you know and a lot of people don't realize that and You know, the black men who want to date who you want to date is fine, but, you know, just know that we will never turn our backs on you, you know. If you treat us right now, we're not talking about the ones who, you know.
7: I mean, look at at the situation. Like, look at O.J., man. He turned his back on sisters years ago, but yet when he was in that trial, you had sisters rooting for him. Mm -hmm. You know, you can always come back. To, to the black community, but uh, you see, as soon as they thought he killed, uh, what's the name? Shoot, man, <laughs> the, the the young ladies of the other persuasion turned on him in a quickness.
9: Yes.
7: And you know, so I mean, I don't want to down white women either. I mean, there's good ones out there too, but uh, but you know, yeah, the sisters, man. Like you said, army, when you give them the love and respect, they give it
9: back. And I had another comment about what you said. When you, I wish that um, a lot of guys, you know, when I was dating, were upfront and straightforward <laughs> with their intentions and what they want. You know, that could have saved me a lot of like just heartache. <laughs> you know, because you want to know what someone wants. You know, upfront and straightforward. You want to know before you, you know, think that this person is, you know, probably boyfriend material when they're not. You know. Exactly. So I think that you know that really helps us as well as women because we we want you know the guys to really tell us what what they what they want you know because I'm sure there are women out there who will tell a guy hey this is what I want whether that that can be good or bad like someone in the chat room was saying about money all they want is they'll tell you oh I need my cell phone bill paid or I need my rent paid this month you know those people are just those are gold diggers and people who women who just are out to do them, basically, you know, mm-hmm. and um. so I, I wish that, you know, I guess you could have came up with this. Yeah, the, the thing
7: about <laughs> it, Army, is that manipulative head games don't serve anybody. They don't benefit men in the long run. They don't benefit women in the long run, and that's what you're seeing now in today's society among a lot of men and women, not only in the black community, but just among all races, is this vicious cycle of men playing head games with women, and then once the women get dogged, they say, well, you know what, next guy I meet, I'm going you know, to whip him around. I'm going to play games with him. Right,
6: right. Then
7: they get some unsuspecting victim, and then they take advantage of him, and then what does he say? He says, well, yeah, I'm going to be ready mm-hmm. next day. Next chick I mess around with, I'm going to do- mislead her and dog her out. Yeah. And it's this vicious cycle. Yeah. And, and one of the messages of my book is that that just needs to stop. You know, everybody just need to be real about what they want and uh, and then go from there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and guys need to learn how to handle There's some guys out there who I was talking about earlier how there's guys who are afraid of rejection, but on the flip side of that, there's other guys who can't handle rejection. Mm-hmm. And guys, some guys need to realize that it's some women that's just not going to be interested in you. I don't care how you look, how much money you got, whatever.
9: If a woman say,
7: you know, Leon... I'm not interested in dating you and having sex with you. You need to just leave alone. I know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but yeah, Army, I know you got about thirty five other shows to call into tonight, I so uh we ain't gonna
9: <laughs> <laughs> I do not have great show, great show. I'm gonna hang up now. Alan, keep doing your thing. You know you're doing it well, so go ahead.
7: Appreciate that, I appreciate right. that. All right. Yeah, for any other
1: folks out there who like to call in numbers. Six four six seven one six seven nine one one. We got 16 minutes into the show. We'll expire. But let's just keep chopping it up because I know a lot of people out here. Well, I want to tell. It.
7: Oh, well, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off.
1: I was going to say a lot of people in here get mad about white women, black women. So,
7: well, yeah, I'm it's for... been a frequent. Well, actually, I did a show myself. Um,
1: Notice.
7: <laughs> about three weeks ago. It was called uh, The Angry Black Women. And I wasn't talking about all of them. I made it clear on my show. I was only talking about a segment of black women. And we specifically focused on um, those black women who have a problem with black men who date outside their race, and particularly who date Caucasian women. And, uh, yeah, it was a, uh interesting discussion. You know, of course, we got a wide variety of opinions and whatnot, and I'm actually doing a part two to that discussion on Thursday, although we're not gonna, I'm not going to cover the same things as I did in the first conversation. I'm going to just cover just basically why is there such a rift between single black men and single black women. But, uh, but yeah, man, you know, there are. There's a lot of guys who want to date. I mean, here's my thing on the whole interracial thing. If there's a brother that wants to date a Caucasian woman and and it's just simply based on that's his preference, that's his choice, you know, you can't really validly criticize him. You know, more power to him. The only brothers I have problems with is the ones who feel like they got to put sisters down in order to, you know, go on to white women. You know, I'm dating white women because all black women ain't, ain't nothing, you know. Have you dated all sisters? Because what i found, I've dated women from all races. Well, I've never dated a a white woman, like, seriously. I've kind of casually messed around with them. What i found is that all races got their good apples and bad apples. Yep. Ain't no one raised better than all races. There's great sisters out here, and there's some effed up sisters out here. There's some great white women out here, and there's some effed up white women out here. And so on and so on. The same with Asian women, Hispanic women. So yeah, you you got good apples and bad apples in all races, and you can't generalize one race based on just a handful of interactions.
1: Yeah, it's some it's truly some crazy stuff right there because of you know you dealing with people who look at different things and they thinking back in the day, back in the '60s, where now at the time we are at now, you see people just they not by a race, let's like us. Really, if they ain't going to follow I mean, if love happens to be a white person, Asian person, Hispanic person, it happens to be that. But some people are like, oh, no, it can't be. Because I I think some people, some sisters that I was talking to was talking about, you know, I was listening to some commercial clips that was like, no, they're taking all our good men away, you know, stuff like that. And no one's forcing them to just stick a thing on race. They can date anyone outside that race. But, I mean, we got folks that tell them, because I'll I tell them this. Go for what you like, you know. Yeah, I got you looking at the content of the person as far as their personality. Go after that. But you do, again, you, I know, you know this, that you got strictly not date one type of race. I met some sisters that did that before. They dated, like, only white guys. Yeah. You know, what's your thoughts about that?
7: Wait, I, I don't know if I totally understood you. You're saying guys who date what now?
1: It was a woman. It was females. Okay. In a college that I went to. Okay. And she was black and I was black, but she said she don't talk to black men. She only talks to white guys. Okay. like and You got some guys out there who do the same thing. They flip it around and say, I only talk to white girls. I mean, what do you think about
7: that? Well, yeah, I mean, I've met a few sisters in my life that only, you know, Date uh white guys, and um you know my attitude is man i I just I ain't got time to sweat over women like that once a woman communicates something like that to me, I'm just like, you know more power to you, you know if that's what's uh making you happy, you know nah nice. the only time I'm gonna have drama with a woman like that is if she tries to put me down either individually or she starts saying some great stuff like you because know, all you black m s a and s h and blah 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 of course i i'm gonna just break a break a woman like that like that down with my intelligence and uh but uh actually, i can honestly say over the last few years i haven't met too many women that fall in that category when i was younger, i did a few times but uh you <laughs> I, know
1: uh, i i haven't met too many like that now
7: <laughs> where you in North carolina right?
1: State of North Carolina, the slow state. <laughs> slow, it's very slow. But, yeah, it happens. But I ain't saw too many neither. I, mean, I remember that a couple of years back. I approached this girl. I was with my homeboy, which was white, in my fraternity. And I was talking to her. I was doing my thing. And she's like, I'm not interested in you. What, what's up with your friend over there? What you mean? He need even talking to you, he don't like you. Well, I like white dudes. I don't like black dudes. I'm like, okay, Bob. <laughs> so that's how it was. But we got another caller here. <laughs> uh, five eight zero. Your own.
8: Hey, how you doing?
1: Hey, hey, how you doing?
8: Okay, okay. Uh,
1: this, uh, who's this, Mister Larell?
8: This, is Noel.
1: Yeah. Hey. <laughs> what you have to say about all this stuff we've been talking about? I no, don't. No, no, no
8: for me I I don't I really don't um in this day and age I don't give it no thought man I, I um I think I think we really have bigger fish to fry than than worry about you know for me it, it, when I see it you know I don't I don't worry about the next man you know unless unless that man that man or woman is is causing um a danger or harm to me or my family and that and and and, and that's it because you know I on this this thing to the point where I start asking people. Um, me being from a from a different place, I ask all these individuals. I say, Are you leaving the United States of America to live in any country soon? So, if the answer is no, you know you gonna walk into to all different things that you like or dislike. So it, it's about time that you you get your mind and gear that to go around stuff like that. And and what you like, you like. You know what you don't like. Just leave it alone, you know. I mean, if I go down, if I go to the store, you know, if, if I don't want to white, you know, eat white bread, I'm gonna buy another type of bread, you know, and that's it. I don't worry about the rest of the stuff. And I think we get so consumed into that, you know, like the 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 the, the, the brother was saying earlier, you know, he don't, he really don't give it no thought unless it comes directly to him. Or you know somebody trying to degrade his people and so on and so forth. You know he'll put them in their place. Yeah. You know which is which is right. You know I, I don't even I don't I don't give it no thought because you know yeah somewhere down the line we have we have family, we have friends. You know I mean if, if you look you know nobody here is of pure anything. True. Yeah. So. You know? You know, and then, you know, and, and, and really, you know, but when people come to, to say, well, you know, um, about black women or black men, you know, and like you said, you know, I, I don't know all black women, I don't know all black men. So I cannot sit up here and comment on all black women and all black men. The the to me when when a woman starts commenting or a man start commenting like that, right, they're foolish. <laughs> you know, they're ridiculous. You know, because you know, for the, you know, if I went out with two or three um, black women, I cannot sit up here and and, and call all black women bad. Mm-hmm. You know, if I do that, right, the the individual who sit down here and 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 brought me into this world, my sister and my grandmothers and so on and so forth, I have put a label on these guys, and me being of of that culture and that race, you know, it'll be asinine.
1: Yeah, I have to agree with you on that. What do you think about that,
7: Alan? Oh, I mean, well, everything he said was was valid as far as I'm concerned. He echoes a lot of my thoughts and sentiments, and uh, yeah, you know, and that's that's the message I try to get the guys is that uh, you you can't. There's a good book out there um, that I always recommend to people. It's by a guy named Stephen Covey called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And one of the things, I, the main message of that guy's book is that he 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 tells you you can't go around worrying about those factors that are out of your control. And that's kind of the message in my book, Mo 1, too, is that a lot of guys, they concern themselves with so many trivial things and petty things and things that are just really out of their scope of control. I mean, it's just like a rejection, for example. We talked about rejection earlier. Mm-hmm. You can't control a woman's response to what you say. You can, maybe at best, you can have some degree of influence. Influence, there's a big difference between influence and control. You might have some degree of influence on you know, how a woman might respond to you, but generally you have no control over how a woman responds. So you, you shouldn't really concern yourself with that. You should just concern yourself with knowing what you want from that woman. Why do you really want to share that woman's company, either in the short term, long term, or both? And then you need to express that in the most confident and straightforward manner as possible, but yeah, as far as what the brother was saying, yeah, he, he basically just broke down a lot of my same feelings and sentiments.
1: Okay, okay, I appreciate that, Mister Five Eight Zero.
8: Yeah,
7: that's that's not you know,
8: you know, my my thing. Yeah, you know, I, I I read this book called The Four Agreements, right? And I, I you know personally. You know, if everybody, if everyone sit up here and, and understand, I know some of us do, but the majority of us don't, you know, where, where it says, um, you know, be impeccable with your word, okay, speak with integrity. Don't take anything personal because nothing others do is because of you. Don't make assumptions. Find the courage to ask questions and to express what you really want. And always do your best. And with with these four things, you know, if people really put those things in perspective, you know, I, I think we'll be way better. Because we worry about other things, like the brother said, you know, way beyond our control. You know, we worry about the other man next door and whilst our house is burning, you know. <laughs> exactly. it, it, it really, you know, we have come, I, I think what, what happened, we, we want to be like the Joneses and everybody else, minding other people's business and not taking care of our own business. We have to police up us first. You know, us, our immediate family. Right? Because we we um our family is being destroyed here, but then I mean the immediate family, your 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 mother, your father, your sister, your brothers, your kids, your wife, you know, your girlfriend right there that you have. But you know, we don't worry about that. We worry we look down the street. Way down the street. We can hardly see the the guy's house next door. You worried about what's going on in this house? Yeah, that's true. you know, pay attention to pay attention to your own and and what happened if we really sit down and educate our young individuals, right, about history, about culture, and so on and so forth. You know, a lot of stuff that we're talking about here today, we wouldn't be talking about. Yeah, well, know, we put, we
1: don't do it. I'm put you back on hold because we got a
8: no. Go ahead.
1: Four call 704. A person I believe that it's from UNCG, living in Charlotte right now. 704, you're on there. State your name.
7: Yeah, that's what's up. What's going on? This is Cruiser here. Hey, right, what's, what's up, on? Cruiser? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> you know, Alan had to do that for you, man. <laughs> I appreciate that, brother. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. What's going on, Number the Truth? Yeah, man, I just wanted to give a shout-out, saying, you know, I like the show, man, keep doing what you're doing. Yeah,
1: appreciate it, man, appreciate it. it yeah, really no sure. doubt. But on the real,
7: though, um, you know,
4: yeah, man, uh, that whole Greensboro area, man, is just nothing but a smorgasbord for, like, black relationships, man. You got AMT, you got Bennett, you got UNCG, uh, Guilford
7: College, man. I mean, it's just open, all that, so.
3: Uh-huh. True, well,
1: true. To me, it's all right, man, you know, the college – thing, you know, since I'm an older guy, I'm just looking for a little bit, something more serious, you know, but <laughs> so, yeah, college, when you was in college, yeah, 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 it's it's good, you know, but like I say, I've just seen some crazy stuff out here in the streets these days. <laughs> I feel you on that, man, but listen,
7: you got the right form for Block Talk Radio, so keep doing your thing, man.
6: Okay.
4: All right, I'm just going to show on the spot, though, but i for future shows. All right, yeah. All right,
7: Cruiser, man, good hearing from you again. No
4: doubt. Right. Well,
1: that comes to a, a winding down the show. I would like to uh, ask you, Alan, to plug in your book and your show and your time.
7: Okay, the book is entitled Mode One: Let the Women Know What You're Really Thinking, and it's available on Mode One .net. That's M O D E O N E .net, and it it's also available on dot .com, um, Amazon .com. And uh, it, it sells for fifteen ninety five. Some sites have it, have it a little less. And then my show on Blog Talk Radio is called Upfront Front and Straightforward with Alan Roger Curry. And that comes on every Thursday at 10 p.m. Eastern Time, 9 p.m. Central, and 7 p.m. on the West Coast. Go
1: get that book. y'all. I plan on getting your book this week. <laughs> uh, this really. Definitely a good
7: read. It's a good read.
1: Because, I mean, I, I got a... Talk to people, let people know what's on my mind, you know, tell them, look, I listen, I read your book. I need to go get it. I try to educate a lot of guys out here. I got a stack of books I have to take care of today. <laughs> so it's all good. But uh, for the folks out there, I want to remind y'all that y'all can subscribe to the show anytime that y'all want to. You just have to go to my website, Com forward slash mb underscore true. Hit that up. You can go there, you can listen to the show over again, you can listen to past shows as well, too. You also go to the archives by going to www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash NB underscore truth forward slash. You go there and get all the shows. And do not miss out for tonight, folks. I have a show for y'all tonight at 8.30 p.m. And the topic of the show is why is it that so many women get away with anything in today's world compared to a man who cannot. We're going to see if men and women are truly equal when it comes to the law. That's not at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Now, I do not want y'all to miss out on that show. And for next week's show, we're going to have Spike Spielberg come in, and we'll talk about his film that he uh, made about domestic abuse and relationships. And we're going to do an exclusive interview with him on that subject as well. So I appreciate everyone coming out here, listening up. I'm going to keep educating people. I'm going to keep bringing in guests. I would like to ask Al to come back for a later show sometime in, in the summer. Thank oh, you. for
7: sure, for sure, brother.
1: Yeah, because after that I, I will be done with my booking because I have books for all for the two months. <laughs> but it's all good, though, man. I appreciate y'all. I appreciate everyone listening in. And y'all keep on subscribing. You keep posting this show up and campaigning this show so we can spread the word. And, again, y'all just keep it real. Do not get in any trouble. Let me see if, uh, if my, my co-hosts have anything to say. My co-hosts, do y'all have anything to say? Yeah, this
2: is a, this
1: is a good show, man. Glad to this
2: one this time. I think for the guests coming on, you know, they gave some some, some good thoughts, man. Something I might try, you know. Go to talk to the women. I know this is why I want to holler. i going to tell us on my mind when I see it next time. You know.
7: <laughs> yeah, okay. let them know what you're really thinking.
1: <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: It, anything yeah. else for Mr. LeBron? Does he have anything else to say?
3: Um, it, yes, it was definitely a joy having him up on the show, too. It's very important that fellas really need to step up and become a lot more open and honest about how they feel. There's... um. This whole stigma that we have when it comes to communication and niggas always feel that they have to have ladies piling up on them like some day Flavor Flavor in a reality show. And that's just not how it is in real life. I mean, that niggas with money, so hell, of course they're going to come at his ass, man. So if you really want something, you got to go it yourself. Exactly. All
1: right, then I appreciate you, uh, Alan, for coming in here, man. I'm going to get your book for real cause. You talked about a lot of stuff. You opened up a lot of these young guys' minds. So hopefully maybe Greensboro can change in due time. <laughs> hey,
7: I just appreciate you 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 fellas for having me on, man, to talk about my book. Uh yeah, and keep up the good work on your show.
1: All right, then we're gonna end out with a song that I think is gonna take our back to ninety three. I'm about to hook that up. And we're about to bounce out and do the next show. Here it goes.